Hi, and welcome to the Invincible Principle, the theories of Invincible. <laughs> uh, I'm Andrew Dearborn, the struggling teacher and 25-year comic book fan, long-time read, first-time podcaster, and sitting beside me is... Brennan Lumsden, a uh, reoccurring TikToker, content creator, and genuine comic book enthusiast. <laughs> and we are here to talk about Invincible by Robert Kirkman. Invincible! <laughs> With uh, We're talking about the comic book, not the TV show. The TV show will come up, of course. Yeah, which I do have to say, sidebar, TV show was pretty fucking great, gotta say. Oh, so you know, good. Yeah, so my, good. my like 10 second review is every episode was pure goddamn joy. It was. Made my fucking day every week for 10 weeks and it was over. Yeah, it was <laughs> fantastic. Oh. Awesome adaptation. Oh, which I, we will talk about yeah, at some point. Um, for sure, but... Yeah. We're here to talk about Invincible, the comic book. The comic book. We're doing a deep dive, read through of the series. Mm -hmm. uh, we figured with so many new people finding the well, series you... that they might, you know, appreciate some other people who are well, that, that's not the... educated, quote yeah. unquote. Well, that was the thing too, right? I mean, like, like, you know, not to talk about it too much, but like the show came out, right? And it was a big deal. It was a big hit for Amazon. Really amazing cast. And so what it did was it. it it made a bunch of new people, a bunch of new, like, up-and-comers talk about a book that we've been reading for, like, 13 fucking years? 12 years at this point? Like, basically, Invincible was one of the books that kept me going to the comic book shop, like, back in the day. If it wasn't for books like Invincible, specifically Invincible, I would not still be reading single-issue comic books. Oh, for sure. Like, it, it was a huge impact for me, too. Like, mm -hmm. like I said, like, I've been reading comic books for 25-ish years, since I was like 6 or 7 I got my first comic book. Yeah, it was like, you, you, you were reading comics before you like, were really doing yeah. anything else. and like, when I when I was reading those, and when I was buying comic books, which were in batches of 100 for a dollar for 10 bucks at yeah. flea markets and yeah. stuff. In Morris, Manitoba. <laughs> Small town Manitoba. Yeah, um, You're like the one basement dwelling nerd of the entire where town I for can. a long period of time. <laughs> where I could, it was always you know, Marvel, DC, mm -hmm. like, characters that I'd seen, because I was watching the 90s yeah, X-Men. The dreaded big two. <laughs> yeah, I was watching the 90s X-Men, I was watching 90s Spider-Man, so, like, lots of X-Men comics, uh, lots of Spider-Man comics, also lots of Batman from Batman the Animated Series, mm. stuff like that, right? BTS. Yeah, and when, actually, when I started hanging out with you and we started going to comic book shops and mm -hmm. I had somebody to go with because I wasn't the only person yeah, within it. 20 kilometers who read a comic book. We're in our early 20s. Also, um, fun factoid, <laughs> both Andrew and I are born on June the 1st, one year apart from each other. Yeah. And, it's uh, surprising how similar we actually are. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing that like got me out of just reading those two, because sometimes those were such a drag, yeah. was like things like Invincible from Image and like other oh. creator-owned comic books from like smaller companies that really kept me in the game like, yeah. even to this day like not even like image anymore I'm onto like boom studios yeah. which is putting out some great shit and like Arcacia which is a granted a sub studio of boom but like stuff like that they're putting out such good books and the stuff that turned me on to that was books like Invincible oh well, it's true I mean you know it calls itself the greatest comic book or the greatest superhero comic in the universe which is always tongue in cheek but I mean like there's a reason it's, it's really a great read and like it, it 
I honestly wasn't really that into comic books until about like around the time Batman Begins was starting to come yeah. out, and that's when I was like, oh yeah, characters like this came from fucking talking picture books. Yeah. I should check that shit out because I was always just a film fucking guy for so many years, right? So like, I met you in like my early twenties, and you were like, man, we should go to the comic book shop and like check out some books. Because for me, I just thought there's DC Comics and there's Marvel, and those are the only all there is when it comes to comic books is just those big two companies. Not realizing that there's a lot of these smaller companies that put out these author created. The, the works that are that are author created, <laughs> uh, yeah. author owned and created works that are that are really great. Like Image Comics is still my favorite place to look for comic books. Yeah, and like you to know? be fair, Image has grown quite a bit. It's true, and is you know often spoken of in the same. It's more of a trinity than a duality. It's now. the big three now. Yeah, which is fantastic. Yeah. But because of I would say a little comic book that some of us may have heard of called The Walking Dead. It, Walking may, have, Dead. Yeah, it may have launched that company beyond anything fucking Spawn was going to. Which we have to mention because they're written by the same guy. Yeah. Robert Kirkman. Robbie responsible K. for The Walking Dead. Responsible for Invincible. Mm-hmm. Responsible for Image. Yes. Surviving. Well he became like one of the chief operating officers of fucking Image and, and with his own imprint Skybound down the line pretty much helped make that company like a household name for comic book like, publishers. Yeah. You know and like I gotta say Robert, sure. Robert Kirkman is my favorite comic, comic book writer amongst a, a few and it, it's because of The Walking Dead and Invincible that, that I was going to the shop like every month because like there were these other books I would try out on your pull list you know but like those two books were why I kept coming back and they're no longer they're both done their runs are done now so like for me I don't just go, it goes often but like if it wasn't for those the authenticity of the fucking writing in those books I wouldn't be reading comics because yeah. for me I just thought it was fucking Batman, Superman, Joker shit for sure you know? for sure and uh, in this you know in Invincible Principle we're going to be talking about it volume by volume mm-hmm and this first volume, um, I would hesitate to say would be Family Matters. Family Matters, yeah. It's volume it would, one. He, I would hesitate to see to say would be as good without the art. Yeah. From Cory Walker. Cory Walker. That's one thing I. That's one of the reasons I love comic books mm-hmm. is that you can hate a story, but when you see art mm-hmm. to go the art that goes with it, that can hook you. It's true. We don't have to worry about it with Invincible because the writing is as good as the art in every issue, um, and it. And it's a shame that Cory Walker well, departs after a few volumes. He does. But He's a co-owner, though. So, like, him and Robert Kirkman created the character together. And so even though, like, he stopped being the illustrator for long periods of time, he still was in having input on the character's journey, which is yeah. cool, you know. And Robert Kirkman respected that, even though it's his baby. And, but, yeah, and even though he does leave, which we'll talk about in, like, yeah. the way it happens, yeah. um, he does come back throughout the whole series. It's true, actually. I think even the last arc, not to spoil it, but the last <laughs> arc of the book ever, Cory Walker comes back to draw it. And it's like you can see how his art has aged, too. Yeah. But, like, that's just sure. gone hardcore. Sorry, guys. That's some art spoilers. But, yeah. Right no, there. Spoiler alert. The last arc of the book is drawn very well. <laughs> Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, um, shit. But yeah, one of the things that I really love about Cory Walker's art is how unique it is. And it's unique in the sense of like how he uses lines on the mm-hmm. body. Um, always stands out. It reminds me of, like, for people who have only read DC stuff, it's a similar art style to a lot of the New 52 Animal Man. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Where it's a little darker. The new fifty two, the old fifty two at this point. Shit, I guess so yeah, long ago. I forget how long that yeah. long ago that happened. Fucking yeah, so continue. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just like how he draws how he draws people, like it's a little blocky, but the way he has line like the way he adds lines to the to like the definition of people. Mm-hmm. It's kind of impressionist almost. At times, yeah. yeah. And like it's not my favorite style of art. Like it's fantastic and it works really well with Invincible. Yeah. Um I do find it a little 
it's lacking little... at times in this volume because yeah. it's an early volume. It's some basic bones illustrations. Like, there's nothing really on screen or on screen. Wow. Yeah. In the frame that's... Damn it! In, in the frame on, is on right. the page that's really like... I mean, it is a very well-drawn book, but at, at the time, it's pretty basic bones for the kind of like detailed artwork that comes out of Invincible as the volumes go For sure. Forward. One like, thing that stands out to me and that I really like is a lot of the times his background characters or characters who are supposed to be seeing in the background yeah. just have black dots for eyes. Yeah, it's true, it's true. Which is like, it's not a, to me it's not necessarily a bad thing or like yeah. anything like that, but it's just, it always stands out to me and like I tend to like draw my eye to it mm. just because I, I like it and it makes me giggle a little For bit, sure. even if it's not supposed to, just because they always look surprise. Yeah, the thing I like too is like you look in the background of the book sometimes, I didn't notice this the first time because it had been so long, but there's some characters that pop up that like clearly make appearances later that are like, oh holy shit, like that was Alan, or like, oh that was such and such, and you're like, oh that, we're gonna see that guy later, it's cool. Oh yeah, it's a you know? very visually rich book. Yeah, and like they, they drop these foreshadowing hints here and there too that like I think the comic book does a lot better than I mean the show does, but we're not gonna do a comparison. Yeah. But you know. Um, not here. Yeah, no, no, it's not, it's not the purpose of this. We're, we're doing a deep dive about what the comic book meant and its themes, what it meant to us, rather yeah. than doing a comparison from, here's how the show did it, comparison how the book did it, because yeah. the animal here is that they are two different creations, as yeah. much as they are based very much closely together, you know? The show is great, though. Go watch it. Yeah, go watch it. <laughs> it's fucking uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so let's, let's get into the meat of this book yeah, a little bit. Yeah, let's do this. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is something that occurs in the first few pages, and, like, we're gonna do some. I'm gonna give a light spoiler warning. Like we're not gonna spoil the book. Yeah. Too often we're gonna try to shy away from anything that could be spoilery in case you're reading along with us. Mm. Um, but you know anything that happens in the volume, we're definitely gonna talk about. So, yeah. Spoiler warning for the volume, not for the series yeah. here. This, this makes um, me honestly. This makes me really happy too because we would have discussions about this book in the past. Like we lived together for many years as well, so going to the comic shop is something we would do all the time. Yeah, it was and a like, weekly we would, occurrence. Yeah, so we'd often just sit outside on the stoop of our fucking building and just like fix the DC universe or something like that, and be like, you know, yeah. and like books like Invincible were things you and I would go to the shop to like we'd go together. We had our day and we would yeah. go. And I was like, this, you know, like, oh, Invincible's out today. Yeah, we're going to the shop. Exactly, it's like a part of a ritual, you know, or be like, hey, I'm going by the shop today. I'm going to grab yours. I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Money, thank you. You know. But yeah, the the first thing I want to talk about is a light spoiler for this volume. Is like he straight up like somebody dies in the first like few pages. Yeah, it's true. And nothing really happens about it. Well, yeah, because it's no consequence to it. Yeah, it's also like it's a it's like that happened and then it's like four months earlier. Yeah, kind of thing. So it shows you like how they got up to that point and like why Invincible would kill that guy. Yeah, you know, not that it's like a why would he kill him, but it's kind of like you know, it's like that's an interesting. Why did that happen? You know. Yeah, more to my point though. Especially, like, what we see is death is a regular occurrence in this world. That is, yeah, that's actually a really good point, too. Because, yeah. like, what are the, some of the rules of comic books? Especially superheroes. People, death doesn't matter. Yeah. Time usually doesn't matter. And everything is retconned. The hero, the hero also often doesn't kill. Yeah, yeah, often doesn't kill, too. Where in this world, it seems like sometimes that's just a choice. Yeah. You, you gotta do it. And it's, yeah. a, and it's also not exactly, it's not a gritty, bloody, realistic superhero world. This is, like... A, almost a mundane Silver Age world. Like, it's like, there are ridiculous heroes, there are out-of-shape heroes, there are strange... Like, it's a, it's a mishmash of all these different kind of archetypes and superheroes that are all existing in a world where everyone's pretty okay with the fact that superheroes are a part of their culture. Yeah, it's... You know? uh, and, like, to that effect, like, there's a really neat thing um, to, like... Especially because, like, this is the first volume, so this is the origin story, right? Yeah. So, like... He's a major hero, so think of your major hero origin stories, yeah. right? Like, think about, like, Superman, think about, like, Batman. But we'll leave mutants out of it, because they have... It's company, true. But, like, Spider-Man and stuff, too, like, 
these teenage people, but in this world, it's almost a mundane thing. Yeah, and it's not too, like, it's like, oh, read Invincible, super, or, like, secret origin issue. It's like, you're seeing his origin unfold now, and the beginning of the narrative. Because that's the other thing, too. In this book, there is a beginning and a middle and an end to the entirety of Invincible. It's not like Batman and Superman and their run-of-the-mill, round-the-year shit, and how nothing major can happen in their universes because those characters need to sell those books for those companies. Yeah. This was not meant to, to put... Well, it was meant to sell, but it was meant to be a story. You know, so like you can sort of see that it's it's not we're not experiencing his origin sort of in past tense. You're seeing it unfold in front of you. Yeah, the it's, character it's is meant the starting to, point of the story. Yeah, and like you're you're meant to see Mark Grayson change. Yeah, because the, the the real theme of Invincible is how to learn from failure a lot of times. Yeah, and like he sort of learns through fucking up in a lot of ways. I'm jumping ahead, but you know that is kind of the 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 arc of Invincible. But yeah, yeah. and it's something that you know, especially with the origin, for lack of a better term. Like, to use a comic book superhero term, his origin story is that one day he has powers. Yeah, he just... He, was, <laughs> he grows into his powers. Like, he's not like a mutant. They don't happen explosively. Yeah. It's just one day, a switch gets turned on, and he has powers. Well, that's, that's the only thing, right? His dad is known for being one of the strongest, if not the strongest, superhero on the planet, who kind of serves as, like, their casual Superman most of the time. Yeah, Omni-Man. You know? Yeah. Grayson, his dad. Yeah. Is essentially, yeah, he's your Superman figure. He's your Superman. Mm-hmm. He's your, you know fucking whatever the Patriot character is from the boys. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's your overpowered... Like Homelander. Like, Homelander, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's your overpowered... He's your, yeah, he's your tank. Like, yeah, he's your overpowered, like, super, like final superhero. Like, he's the final boss, right? Yeah. He's super strong, super fast. He's invincible. He's, is he? you know... <laughs> is he invincible? Is he? Yeah. But, yeah, um, and so, like, when it comes to Mark, it's like he's just been sort of told, like, hey, you know... I have powers, and it means someday when when you uh, when you hit puberty, you you might also develop powers. You know, just like yeah. you know, like every regular kid, you start growing some you know weird hair or, or whatever. And that we- moment kills me in the book when he's sitting with his dad, and his dad is explaining to him about how he came from an alien civilization yeah. to Earth to be Earth's like safeguard yeah, and to like defend the- Earth. And then he's then he just launches. It's just folded into the puberty talk. He's like, yeah. yeah. So around puberty, you're gonna get, you know, your voice is gonna change. You're gonna get hair in weird places, and you might develop superpowers. And he's like, like fly, super speed. You know, he's like the whole gamut. Yeah. <laughs> and he, just, he lists them off just like he's listing off, you know, the mm-hmm. other effects of puberty. Like it's a big talk to have with a kid. Yeah. But it's just hilarious that it's just folded in. Oh yeah. And that's uh, like that whole like how the mundane act of like being a superhero like, it, it just happens it to just flows through the whole book especially like especially with his mom it's almost like they're, they're playing a big MMORPG and he just sort of just like oh there's just a bunch of us and we're all from different walks of life and we're all in the same place it just sort of seems like you know everyone goes through this in their life you know, about half the population just becomes superheroes to the fact where people aren't wowed to see them flying over their heads sometimes they're just like okay yeah well, you know? well like like one of the characters Adam Eve We'll talk about it like but let yep. me tell you for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, like she says, when they when they're leaving school, when he's like, "How do you usually fly out of here?" She's like, "I just I just go." Like you'd be amazed how many people look up. Yeah, or don't look up, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The other thing too is like there's a certain point where they're talking about costumes too, where like basically Mark starts building his powers. He has this sort of like cobbled together costume out of his closet, and his dad's like, "He's like, oh, I'm gonna get you rid of the costume. Come on." And you meet like the the superhero tailor, Art Rosenbaum. Yeah, it was super cool. And then, like 
There's even a tongue-in-cheek Superman joke where he's like, uh, what's with all the solar panels on this costume? He's like, oh, that's back when I thought your dad was powered by solar energy. And it's like, that's a Superman joke. Yeah. And that's kind of cool what they're doing there. It's like a wink, you know? Like, yeah. Like, this guy's meant to be sort of like Superman. It's called Omni-Man. There's a know? great moment in that, in that, in that collection of pages. Yeah. There's a great conversation they have where... Art Rosenbaum like asks like oh like what what do you want for your costume like what's your name like, whatever and he's like you know I don't know and Mark is just like I, I don't know I just want it to be iconic oh, iconic yeah and he's like man you'd be amazed how many arts like you know you'd be amazed how many people come in here and say that exact thing to me <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like everybody wants to be iconic but only a few people can be yep yeah and like the costume that he ends up having. It's so fantastic. Yeah, it's I'm so glad too. that we end up seeing it yeah. in this. The fun tidbit too about Invincible's costume is that I, I remember reading about this. You can tell that he's kind of made to look like images um uh, what do you call logo, it? Yeah. Logo at that time, at like in the like like early two thousands, where it's like they wanted this superhero to be kind of like Image's new face superhero. Like Spawn wasn't selling anymore, so they needed something else, something that was a mix of like Superman and Spider Man, and we yeah. got Invincible. He's basically those two characters kind of put into one. No, exactly, and. It, it just goes with that idea that Kirkman has, because Kirkman is such a comic fan. Oh, yeah. And he's he a good it, old nerd. He's, he's a good old nerd. <laughs> he said it multiple times, and, like, this is definitely his homage to comic books. Like, oh, this true. is definitely his love letter to comic books, and he says it multiple times. Oh, yeah, and it's funny, too, when you think, like, Walking Dead is his most successful property he ever put out, and he sold that shit to AMC, but he also didn't give them his baby. Like, he talks about how Walking Dead's one of his greatest creations, but his fucking baby is invincible, and he yeah. wasn't just gonna let anybody adapt that. Yeah. You know? One of the things, one of the things that really shows that he's a comic fan is... The fact that he has comic books. Oh, yeah. In his universe. I wanted to mention that super quick. I love that. Uh, one of the first scenes we see of Mark, or one of the first, like, panels we see of Mark, is him sitting on the can reading a comic yeah, book. Yeah, which is how I reread the volume this morning, by the way. Which I was, is sitting, hilarious. I was taking the shit, and I was reading it, and I went to the third page, and I laughed out loud because I forgot that's how this book starts. And I was yeah. like, I'm, oh, boy, that's funny. Yeah. A funny moment. But the, the book he's reading, I love, because it's uh, Science Dog. Science Dog. And... Science Dog, they actually turned into a comic book. Yeah! A couple of right. times. Um, lately in Skybound, uh, in the Skybound X Fuck, I don't volumes. have that. I need that shit. Yeah, the Skybound X volumes of, I know, from Image, it was like their big 10-year event. That's what, wanted me, that's what made me want to start buying comics again, was that fucking Yeah, book, and really. it's a collection of shorts from like everything across the Image universe. Cool. Um, and one of them is a Science Dog like segment. And that's it's pretty so cool. good. Yeah, it I was, it was pretty out. great. I loved it. That's the thing too. Like I remember, like this is I know this is a lot. In the topic, show, it's uh, Magic Dog or Sorcerer Seance Dog. dog. Seance Dog. Yeah, because like the Walking because AMC has the rights for Science Dog's logo because it was on their show. So they couldn't. Oh use yeah. It. Yeah. Some fucking that's bullshit. Little story, little side story, sorry, about Robert Kirkman. You can tell that he's a comic book fan too, like a good one. When he's like, I saw him at a, a video where he was at a convention, like comic, like New York Comic Con years yeah. back. And he's talking to these indie, like these like. I don't know, some sort of, like, YouTube, like, interviewer. And he was talking about how he's like, oh, you know, with comic books, they come to these conventions, and, like, you know, there's a bunch of books that come out, and you're like, ah, oh, you know, like, with, with these major companies, they end up repeating the same things, but then, you know, like, fuck, that new cable book's coming out, huh? Yeah. Shit, I'm gonna pick that up, you know what I mean? And so you can tell, like, comic book fans, they, they cave to these kind of books, because they're like, oh, well, they're making another book of my character? Well, 
I want to read what you know this character's up to. Yeah. You can tell that even though he writes comics, he's not a pretentious dick about it. He still is like that that comic, that classic comic nerd that needs that new issue. That's like I don't care if it sucks. I need that new Cable volume. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, or something like sure. that. Like it's like I'm, okay, I'm like that. We all have our characters. We all I'm have like, that. I'm like that with the. If with I see a new question book that gets put yeah. out, I want to read what the question's doing. You know what I mean? I want to read what Green Arrow's doing. Yeah, you know? I want to. I want to see what John Constantine is up to. Yeah. Anything you even, slap, you slap new mutants on right? anything, and it's going in my collection. Even if you, sure. even if you know from the cover, you're like, this is going to be some generic formulaic let's sell some comic book fucking superhero story yeah. you're still just like but it's Green Arrow yeah <laughs> like, this ah. is gonna be four this is gonna be a four issue miniseries and I'm gonna hate it yeah or but they just announced hey it's New Mutants or okay. yeah, they're like just announcing they're like oh we're, we're uh, this is the death of Wolverine you're like oh so he's dying in this one I guess I have to read all four of these yeah even though it's just just pulpy <laughs> anyway sorry <laughs> off topic let's jump back my bad but. so yeah so like we mentioned it a few times, his his mundane origins and like yeah. that's something like even this whole this whole volume like we can break it down pretty quickly. He gets his powers, he fights his first villain, he does his first team up, he does like your your quintessential superhero starting blocks, right? Yeah. He finds his first team that he hangs out with. It's true, he learns you know. He, he hangs out with the teen team. He finds his name, you know what I mean? He, he kind of finds like like minded yeah. peers to work with. He's sort of getting he's dusting off his boots and sort of like doing his time and what it's like to be a low level basically young justice kind of like like, yeah. like teenage hero he's uh he's what behind the ears he's you know he's earning his wings yeah. so to speak um the one thing i really want to talk about is his first team up mm-hmm. like with a major hero who's his dad when they're out doing you know yeah. just hanging out on patrol together and they have that major first encounter with a repeating group that will see lots team. of um, <laughs> oh wait oh, uh, the Flaxians Flaxians the Flaxians yes Those the interdimensional cricket looking I have a soft things. spot for them they're because they're such a like not just to be a little spoiler but they're reoccurring and I yeah. like, it's always kind of like when they start to reoccur later on in the volumes it's sort of like oh they're, they're back what new tech do they have this time it's cool yeah they're <laughs> always neat and they play some major roles especially yeah. with some side characters and eventually like in the series as a, as a whole, they yeah. play some major roles, but like this is the first time we see him in like like they said once it's wrapped up, his dad is like you know like I I was minutes away from calling in the guardians and maybe this other major team. He was like yeah. oh man I didn't think it was getting that bad, but it's true. like you see like he survives his first major skirmish, but he also sees something yeah. during that skirmish, and that's his father's rage. Yeah, the Viltrumite rage. Yeah, which, which is, they all have. Which is something a little spoilery. We're definitely like that's definitely something that's gonna come up again and again. Yep. But this is the first time we get even any hint of it, and it's noticeable not because like you see it in his face. It's noticeable because of how Mark reacts. Yeah, Mark's never seen his dad like that. He's he's, he's seen his dad on TV and newscasts and shit. And he's seen like from afar, but he's never been right directly like next. He's never to been him in the thick of and it. And yeah. seen how how his dad can, can like, what level his dad can go to when he knows he needs to handle a situation. He's like, ooh, you're not all, yeah. like, fun and games. Sometimes you can be kind of brutal. But then yeah. he says, like, sometimes you gotta do that, so. Yeah, and, like, yeah. it, it, it's so foreshadowing. It is, yeah. And it's, um, it shows you, too, that they live in this, like, as much as it's a nice silver with tied with a bow superhero world, people die and people get hurt. And it's, like, it's serious shit out there, too. It's, like, throughout, yeah. throughout the entirety of the book, everything he does is in almost a mundane way like I yep. keep saying that and it's not in a bad way it's just it, everything is like commonplace in the world he's following a formula yeah. he's following a superhero's formula um, and then that is the first like crack in it too mm-hmm. like that's the first time in the book like 
is a moment that draws your attention. Yeah. Um, I, I will also like to say that there is a... Sorry to cut you off unless you had a point there, Mike. Um, I just want to finish up by saying, like, it's really, it's really a great shot of how... And I, I keep saying shot, too. It's a really great series of panels that foreshadow a lot of where the book could go. Yeah. And it's shattering for what it is because it takes it out of... For most of the rest of the book, you're like, oh, this is like your you know your regular superhero book yeah your marvel your dc the tone shift starting in, book in it, that bit is very important because that shows you how the tone will be for invincible as a comic book going forward yeah it, where like the tone isn't always as you think it is sometimes that's what i was you know? that's the word i was looking for was tone you're absolutely right and that's film school baby that's where <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's where the tone takes um yeah. that's where the tone is a little bit separate and you you get your first glimpse of where the book could go. Yeah, but that's always been a, a thing I love about Invincible too, right? Is that it's a book that it looks pretty, but then shows you that there's serious content that's going to take place. That yeah. it's not all fun and games, and that's that's a good focal point for the world. And the other thing I wanted to say too about Mark Grayson, like the Invincible character too, that I didn't think about this until I reread it today, is that like he's kind of a privileged hero. He's the son yeah. of the strongest or hero on the planet. He is then kind of like the second strongest guy without even really knowing it yet. So all these experiences you're getting thrown into that are just these like just first tier levels to like dust off being a hero would have killed other characters that like say Rexplode or something that can't yeah, handle that shit. Yeah, that's really interesting that you he, say the word privilege. He's privileged, yeah. That's something I totally so didn't think about is that like Adam like, Eve probably would have died a number of times nothing, up to this point he also does nothing to earn his powers at all or his place yeah, he's, in he's, the hierarchy he's just given it yeah, he just something he shows up in exactly sorry I'm trying not to cut you off my yeah. bad it's like, it's like he exactly, he doesn't earn them through tragedy he doesn't earn them out of, a, of an accident it's not like he has to deal with his curse it's like he's excited to get his powers and to become this top dog because he knows he's yeah. going to be just like his dad and, no, he, and 100%. he wants that he's seen his dad he sees what his dad can do and like it's thankfully the character like how he's playing, especially in this first thing, is he's he's more naive, less like yep. greedy or like. Well, he can go right into a fuck a bunch of bullets and it won't kill him. He knows that. Yeah, We're like, and he does it. He has that confidence, but it's not like um, it's not like he feels like he's owed it. Yeah, that confidence does like he has like an overconfidence in certain arcs following this book that does get him into shit. And I won't spoil that, but that's why I do touch on the whole privilege thing. It's like this yeah. is like if someone told you you're gonna be top dog, so act like it. But he doesn't act like it. He's sort of he's earning it. But you can see that he yeah. he like characters like Rexplode or or like Duplicate and shit like that would have discovered their powers through failing and being afraid they were gonna die. Where yeah. he can just run right into a fucking invading uh, fucking army from a different universe and just be like, this is kind of intense. Yeah, you know what I mean? And just be like, oh, that was a little rough. Where like people would have died. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And and that's right. And it's like in so many films and in so many TV shows and in so many other examples of a character of privilege. Who is given that kind of that kind of power and stuff? Mm -hmm. He often is, you know, feels like he is owed things, and that's just white privilege in a nutshell, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like these people, these rich, entitled people, who feel like they're owed these things. Yeah. Which, like, he could go that route, but thankfully, at least in this volume, he doesn't. Like, yeah. he's like, I need to be a hero. Yeah. Mark is like, a good person at his core. He's a big heart, and that's one yeah. thing that he's not a tyrant. And that's, I think, that one major thing about his character is that he may be invincible. But he's also not an asshole. You know? Yeah, he's more he's more naive. Yeah, he's very, sure. naive, very naive. And I think part of that is the fact that like his dad made him get a job. Yeah, yeah. He, he to worked teach in, him character. He worked in the yeah. He worked in the fast food industry before I, he got his powers. I love that too because that's something I even like. If I'm ever become a parent someday, I'm like, yeah, you should make your teenagers at least get a part time gig because they have some semblance of responsibility. Yeah, like it's a good thing. Hundred percent. Yeah, he they 
by getting forcing him to get that job builds character yeah he forced him to build character and he yeah. forced him you know especially customer service anybody who has worked customer service knows you have to deal with horrible people oh it's true you have to tolerate people you don't want to help yeah. You know, which he knows, he probably knows that Mark will end up in situations where he has to save people. He would rather probably not save. Yeah. You know, that if he had to think of it, he'd be like, fuck you. But no, he's like, you have, this is your responsibility. Because yeah. this is our planet. You yeah. Know? And uh, the last thing, the last thing I want to talk about okay. uh, before we, Important. before I move into the last, before I move into that, mm. is, um, before I move into anything else, is the last page of the book. Because it really sums up how mundane the entirety of the book is. In the book, we see, you know, kids kidnapped, turned mm-hmm. into human bombs. Yep. We see interdimensional uh, warfare. Invading armies. We see, yeah, <laughs> we see um, future possible villains. It's true. We see some foreshadowing. We see characters. team team. We see the team team and all the, the things twins. that come along Sorry. with that. <laughs> yeah, we see the Mauler twins. Yeah, who seem really lame. Like that. And then you realize that they're these great fucking villains that have this gag that keep, anyway. Yeah. I won't ruin it. Which we'll talk about more because they yeah. do recur. But the, the thing that happens in the last page is so hilarious because like during the Flaxen thing, Nolan's pulled into this alternate dimension. Yeah. Which is a thing that happens yeah, all the time. A, occasionally. Um, but I love the, how this book ends with him, with him returned from this alternate dimension, them all sitting around the dinner table, um, his mom, Deborah, being like, how was everybody's day? What did you do? <laughs> Invincible going on his, his spiel about how he, you know, fought found, the Flaxians and things got intense. Well, no, and, it, it's, it's after he found oh, yeah, the missing right. students and yeah, stuff. Yeah, sorry, sorry, you're right. My bad. <laughs> and, uh, and talking about how he, you know helped you know, save a bunch of kids and you know his teacher blew himself up and then his dad talks about you know how he got out of the flaxing realm and yeah, goes was, on this diatribe about this like seven prison. months he, yeah he's like i was there for six months and time works differently there and i had to like lead, lead a revolt and then like the scientists there were working on getting me home and it was like he was yeah. like oh, this is the day of work pretty yeah. much and while and while deborah is listening to it and very happy that nolan is home she's just like oh that's nice dear yeah, and she think, and she as they're eating supper, like, oh yeah, you you drove to work, you did your job, and you came home. Cool, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Everyone in the family did their job today. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's how she sees it too. You, know? like, you can tell like, this has been a factor in her life and most people's lives for a long time. Yeah, you know, which is which is an aspect that sets this book apart that I just love, and that's the thing that hooked me into the book. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing I wanted to say, like, do you want to go into the this now? The thing I loved about Invincible that I, I really appreciate that it had that effect on me is before I read Invincible I had this kind of like when I when I was interested in certain characters from superhero books I wanted them to be like so edgy and like so captivating and cool and like oh man like this guy's so fucking badass and like like Punisher Batman kind of fucking Deadpool well not Deadpool whatever you know but then reading Invincible I got the same like feeling I got from like the Venture Brothers where like you'd hear a character called say fucking Rexplode and go that sounds stupid as yeah. fuck and then you meet the character and go well no this is like this is some pretty cool superhero shit. Like, not everyone's got to be some fucking edgelord, badass Batman type. Sometimes they can just be these run-of-the-mill heroes that have their own depth. And, like, you know, I, I, I appreciate that. Because now when, like, I don't bat my eye at a weirdly named character anymore. Like, you know, you're like, oh, cool, that guy's name is fucking Rexplode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And I, I appreciate that, I guess. Because, you know, like, now I have a new appreciation for, like, the more Silver Age style of characters. Because, you know, you can tell great stories. It just has to have the writing. You have to have the writing. You can't just rely on a cool name and a cool look. Yeah, and this you know? this book very much so has a Silver Age layout. Yeah. In a lot of ways, like, it's your basic, like, it's your basic origin. And, like, 
your basic first few episodes of, or issues of any superhero book yeah. like follows these kind of same formulas and hits these same milestones. He does it a little quicker. Yes, he does. Of course, because like you said, he's entitled. He's like the he's he comes to it naturally. He just yeah. he's the second most powerful person on the planet right away. I think the other thing too is like this volume moves really fast too because I think Robert Kirkman didn't know he was going to be writing this for yeah. many many years. Well, it was years. only so four like, issues. Yeah, so it moves really quick. I mean, there's I think he thought there was a chance that he wouldn't get more than eight issues anyway. Yeah. Like, but it goes for quite a long time. So, but in this uh, in this issue. In this volume, we'll call it volume because it's collected. Yeah, it's volume issues. one, Family Matters. Which fun factoid um, too? Each volume is named after a popular family sitcom, which is pretty cool. Most, yeah, most. When the important arcs most get their volume. names, yeah, 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 there are named arcs. Of yeah, volume. yeah. But I, I liked mean, that because like that's kind of like you tell Kirkman he like it's a family value kind of book, even though there's a lot of blood and gore. Spoilers, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you tell he's got that comedy in there, you know, and I appreciate that. Yeah, um, but in this, in this, the first volume, there's a bunch of people who make their first important appearances and these are people who are coming back major players major players who show up again and again mm-hmm. in Kirk- the Kirkman's in good the at that series. too he'll like have a character have one little scene you'll go like that seemed like a one-off character that becomes like majorly integrated into their world like he's yeah. world building and you don't even realize he's doing it for sure and cool. we're not going to talk we won't talk about how important they are we don't yeah, want to yeah. spoil stuff but these are characters who are going to be coming back again obviously the first one Mark Grayson oh, the titular Invincible um, his dad, Omni Man, Nolan Grayson. Mm-hmm. His mom, Deborah Grayson, who has no superpowers, but is. But she works hard, awesome. okay? She's yeah. A fucking hard working mom. <laughs> She's fantastic throughout the whole series. Like, slight spoilers through this whole section, but Deborah Grayson is, like, a fantastic She's character. She's a pillar of, of, of fucking will. Yeah. And then we see. We <laughs> she see reminded me of my mom when I read this. Like, I was yeah. like, oh, this is, like, my mom. That's how I felt Especially later, especially later on. Oh, she yeah. She becomes such, like,. She's because such a good mom. Oh yeah, you're just like damn. It's like, like, and that's the thing too. It's not just superheroes that are compelling. Kirkman writes a rich world with characters that all play their part, and none of them are undersold. It's the people surrounding him that yeah. also like also play such a big role. It's just good soft um, world building. People like William Clockwell, who is the best friend, the best friend who yeah. shows up for. I think he's in mo- he's in good he's, chunks of it. He's like when I think back to it now, he's a pretty major character. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. a major character. Uh, Art Rosenbaum, it's great. I, I like to add him because I love Art. Yeah, he's also voiced by Mark Hamill in the cartoon, which makes me nothing but happy. Oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, but he's he's the suit builder and tailor. <laughs> yep. Um, Titan, I wanted to mention. Yeah, he's, he's a cool a, character. He's he only a, shows up in like two pages. I call him more like a, he's like an anti-villain. Like he's like on paper he's a bad guy, but then you get to know him, and you're sort of like oh, this guy's just in a rough spot. Yeah, yeah. and we find out more about him in the future. Yep. Um, we also see the first appearance of Team Team, which Team at Team. this point is Adam Eve, Rexplode, Duplicate, and led by Robot. Yeah. All these people are major players in the Invincible my universe. Fucking superhero characters. Yeah. Some of these characters are so amazing. They're so good. And they you come know? back again and again. Yeah. And, like are major players throughout the whole series. Oh yeah. Um, then I want to talk about the Mauler twins. Oh. The best running gag in this whole fucking comic is yeah. the Mauler twins. <laughs> anybody, anybody who saw the show knows who we're talking about with yeah, the Mauler twins. They're blue. Um, they're not in this volume as much as they are in the show. Yeah, they pop in. They but pop they're in yeah, yeah. but they're in a few pages. Yeah. They're pretty important. He's that's how they that's how he meets the team team. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the last uh, major group of characters are the Flaxians. The Flaxians. They come back again and again as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they are a thorn in the side. Yeah, um, yeah, but not as not as bad as other characters on even on this list. No, that's true. Um, but yeah, these are the important first appearances in this volume. This list, I'm assuming, will get smaller as we go. But yeah, they will be, true. of course, you know, important. It's true, you know. And I gotta say, like, you know, and 
to, to sum it up, really, Invincible is is it's a great first outing, and it's 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 a kind of book that you should pick up if you're not really, if you're kind of tired and burnt out on the on the big characters, and you want to read some some underdog characters that you know this yeah. is a good book to go with. This uh, this first volume, while being awesome, isn't like the greatest example of how bare bones he uh, of of how of what Kirkman does with it in the future. Yeah, and what kind of for lack of a better term, homage to mm-hmm. the superhero genre it is. Um, this first volume is very much a first volume of any superhero. Yeah. And it kind of flows like that. Um, the comedy, too, is deeply enriched in the fact that, like, the TV show is sort of spoofing and making fun of the archetypes that exist in superhero movies and culture, where yeah. this came out at a time when it was really taking shots at current trends in comic books like yeah. like sold printed comic books and you can see that in a lot of the jokes in, in this volume and the volumes going forward the blatant shots he's taking it's I would say the more industry so, and trends <laughs> yeah I would say more so especially in later volumes oh yeah this volume it, it's not as as tongue in cheek that way mm-hmm. um, but you can see it it's there though sure. it, it's lightly there yeah uh, it's definitely something that he builds on later which I love and I can't wait till we get to oh yeah um, but yeah I would say to, uh, I had a thought there, it just it just completely left my brain. <laughs> I just say it arrived and said, no, I need to go take a leak. It just left there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that pretty much sums up Invincible. I mean, uh, I can't really say much more about it without just kind of ruining the story. It's it, You should start reading it, and you should start enjoying the book, because it's, it's worth your time. You know yeah, right? um, like, I, like I said, like, there's not as much for uh, us to delve into with this no, first true. volume, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's a great start, and it covers a lot of ground. It's something that would take yeah. a regular superhero book, like four or five volumes. Yeah, he covers in one, which is which is great, and it's something that like you talked about with like the history and the modernity of super people. Yeah, and like even like our culture right now, even with like movies, comics, cartoons, whatever, when it comes to superheroes, man, people are tired. They are tired of this genre. Yeah, you know, even though I love it, you love it. People are getting sick of it. And something like Invincible is is a nice change of pace it's something we kind of need right now and i'm appreciating that it's coming out now like and becoming more relevant now in the yeah. game in the in the superhero culture game but uh that said i i think the reason that we over romanticize this book so much is because it means so much to the two of us like we read this book for so long and it means a lot and so like we're we definitely uh, yeah, suck this book's dick pretty fucking hard this, was <laughs> and we'll continue book, to. <laughs> this is definitely the book that um i was one of the first books I was really sad when it ended. Me too. When I found out they were doing the ending arc, I was I was bummed. But they give you a head start. They're like, we're doing 12 issues of this last arc, which meant we're doing one more year of this book. Yeah. And I really appreciated that, you know. But yeah, um, so... I think we can pretty much wrap this fucker up. Yeah. Uh, so join us next time for... On- uh, for our read-through of Volume 2. Yeah, and, it, you know, if you feel like it, read Volume 1 and maybe read Volume 2 just before you listen to this one, you know. 